the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Faith, deeply rooted and tested by fire, in many respects that really describes the life and ministry of our guest today. We're uh, very pleased to have join us on the program the senior pastor of New Sweet Home Church of God in Christ, located in East Palo Alto, California, Pastor Albert Macklin IV. And Pastor Macklin, what a joy to have you join us. Thank you so much, my brother. It is just an honor and a privilege, and I'm humbled to be here with you today. And thank you so much for this awesome opportunity. There is much to share today from your heart, your life experience, and certainly from God's Word that I think our listeners today will find encouraging, challenging, and uplifting. And boy, certainly these days, we need a lot of that encouragement and that uplifting. There's a there's a changing world around us that certainly is very different, I, I would imagine, even, Pastor, from when you got involved in ministry. Uh, you were called, I understand, as you graduated from San Jose Christian College in the early 2000s, but your roots in ministry go back much deeper than that. In fact, uh, there's a bit of a, shall we say, family legacy here. Tell us a bit about some of your deep roots here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, our roots go back um, to the 50s. Uh, my father and mother moved here with my mother's family in the 50s from East Texas. And in 1950, they settled um, here in the Bay Area, a little town called San Mateo. And um, my older siblings, my mother and, and father, uh, her side of the family, her sisters and brothers, um, uh, uncles and aunts moved from East Texas to start ministry here. They came here solely to start ministry with the Church of God in Christ in the San Mateo area. They were one of the first pioneer churches of Kojic uh, here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And um, they were piloting a ministry there. Um, under the leadership of a gentleman by the name of B.B. Alexander, who was connected to um, Bishop E.E. E. Uh, Hamilton in San Francisco. And so from there, my mother was saved, my father was saved, um, and so many of our family members, aunts and uncles, began ministry out of that church. Even my brother, Bishop Macklin from the Glad Tidings Church, was saved there in San Mateo. And then we just began to spread abroad. And from my mother's family, there's pastors on her side of the family, of course, her uncle. And then my father got saved and whose family really did not know the Lord uh, in fullness. And from that, uh, his brothers and sisters got saved. They became pastors and deacons and leaders in the church. And so our family goes a long way in um, in the Pentecostal church and the holiness movement. So this is really multi-generational. And, and it sounds like from that in initial church plant, along the peninsula there in San Mateo in the early 1950s. Uh, These deep roots uh, not only have gone through the East Bay and certainly along the peninsula and where you pastor down in in East Palo Alto area, um, but but across through the family. So there's multiple generations here that are involved to this day in full-time ministry. And from this day, my brothers and sisters, I have brother-in-laws, I have sister-in-laws, my goodness, uh, nieces and nephews, our family uh, line is in the church. Uh, so it seems like the Lord's hand was on our life from the beginning for this purpose and for his will here. And so we're just grateful that the Lord has saw fit to use us. It wasn't it wasn't because of our name. It was just because of the Lord's selection. It was nothing to do with us. So that dynamic of what we would traditionally call a calling 
is still very much a part of your life story. And I asked that question of Pastor Macklin because some say, well, this is kind of a dynastic ministry family where there's many generations, deep roots, as we mentioned earlier. And so it almost becomes a given that the grandchildren or the sons would go into full-time ministry. But where was the point for you in your own spiritual walk when God quickened to your heart that this too was going to be your destiny to be in full-time ministry? You know, my brother, um, probably just like every um, family whose father pastors, majority of the children say when you're raised in a strict home, when I get grown and of age and I leave home, I'm not going to church ever again. You know, (laughs) we were that family Monday through Sunday church. You know, if it wasn't choir rehearsal, it was pastors teaching, it was a revival. You were working at the church, helping your father do this or that. And so I'm sure I'm just like any other pastor's kid. They call him PK. We said that when we get grown and I leave the house, I'm never going back to church again. And for some reason, for me, um, the Lord had a plan for my life from the beginning. Um, I was born with a rare case of glaucoma. Um, and from my early childhood, elementary to junior high, a lot of vision issues. And toward high school, it began to really deteriorate. And then toward my early 20s, I ended up losing my vision. And it seemed like the Lord had his hand on me from a child, kind of like what the Lord tells the prophet, in your mother's womb, I formed you. And it seemed like um, the Lord already had a purpose for me um, before I was even conceived. And even though I tried my best to get away from it, the Lord uh, had a way of making sure that my life would be given to him and his will. And from my circumstance of vision loss in the early 90s um, and losing both of my eyes, uh, going blind due to glaucoma, um, it seemed like the Lord early on would, would, would nudge me. Even through junior high and high school, I could feel the nudging of the Lord, not so much because of my vision, although the Lord used that, but I can sense even in my dreams and in my sleep and in my time alone, the Lord's voice nudging me and trying to run from it, trying to detour from it. Glory to God. It seemed like God would put the heat on that uh, no matter what you do, you're going you're gonna to do this. You're going to you're going to do whatever this call is on your life that I have for you. And um, the Lord just began to work. Pastor, down through your many years in in full-time pastoral ministry, you probably preached many a funeral. I would suspect, though, through all those years, you have probably rarely heard anybody say in their dying moments, gee, if I'd only spent more time at the racetrack, gosh, if I'd only gone to that club a couple of more Saturday nights when I felt tired and I stayed, if I'd only done that that, uh, Mm. line of cocaine— then my life would be full. Nobody ever says that. Instead, they talk about if I'd only spent more time with my family, if I'd only really valued and cherished the things that God has blessed me with. Mm. And so rather than waiting to the very end when for many of us it's too late, um, why not now? Really carefully consider. If you're out there trying to find yourself, God, I think, would suggest to you, you're not lost. He knows where you are. And he's coming after you. My God, my God. You know, so many times when I have done funerals, especially for young people, I've done, I mean, countless funerals for young people that uh, lose their life. There's one particular uh, service I did. This young man um, killed himself. um, And at the funeral service, it was the saddest thing. It was just full of young people outside of our church. Our church probably seats about 300 or so people. And it was just as many outside as it was inside. And um, it, it was the saddest thing that I've ever seen. So many young people that are living beneath the privilege of living out dreams and destiny and purpose, just lost, you know, uh, outside. Uh, just smoking pot and and just all around the church, just drinking and there to celebrate and talking about this is for my homie. And it, my heart was just grieved as we went to the gravesite and they 
in their cars, ghost riding with the doors open, sitting on the car, riding through the cemetery. My heart ached to see how many more children or young folks are going to go to the grave with unlived dreams, mm. unfulfilled potential and purpose. And it just ignited in me even the more to try to reach as many young people as I can. I, I can't stand to do another service of young people or a young person who dies, no purpose lived, no dream fulfilled, just lost. And I'm doing all I can to let young people know, not only in the Bay Area, but everywhere I travel, my God, this is the time to live in the Lord. Whatever you're trying to fulfill, you can't do it by yourself. But with the help of the Lord in your life, bringing your life full circle, you can see, amen, destiny. You can see dreams fulfilled, my God. And that's my aim, and that's my goal. Now, Pastor, I'm going to ask a tough question here, and I, I beg your indulgence and forgiveness in advance, but I think it's a critical one because there are those listening to our conversation right now who perhaps would say, all right, Pastor, I give you that. I, I hear what you're saying, but wait a minute. For you personally, you've already admitted here on the radio that at one point early on in your life, you lost your eyesight. If eyesight is a blessing from God, what happened that God removed that blessing? And, and how is it that you can serve a God that has allowed you to lose one of the most important gateways to the world around us, our vision? What do you say to a person who would ask that question? I've been asked that many times. The greatest blessing, even though sometimes it could be frustrating, I think the greatest blessing in my life is to be able to be living the life with as a person with no sight. Uh, the Lord taking my sight made me learn how to solely depend on him. I'm able to know God in ways that other people never will. Um, to be able to live um, blind, see nothing at all. When I get up in the morning, it's the same as it was when I went to bed. You know, there's nothing out there. It's just empty space. I wouldn't say it's dark. Um, it's just nothing there. I, I always use it in this interpretation. It's kind of like looking in the mirror and there's nothing there. You know how when uh, the, they say mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the, and they show this on TV and the mirror just goes blank and powdery or glary. It, it, it looks just like that. And um, for some reason, it calls me to have to totally, solely depend on the Lord. Um, when I leave the house and I go to work and I go by myself and either I'm taking an Uber or a Lyft or public transportation or using my CNI dog. I have a CNI dog that travels with me. I've been using CNI dogs for years since I first went blind. Um, but the same concept of a mobility cane, a white cane that a blind person uses to find their way or a CNI dog, the exact way that I uh, portray the Lord in my life being blind. Where he leads me, I'll follow. You know, he's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, he directs me in all of my ways, acknowledge him, and he directs my path. You know, um, I could be angry, and there are some angry moments. I'm human. I'm flesh. I'm, I'm saved, and I'm born again, but I'm still a human being. I get frustrated when my computer doesn't act right or technology doesn't do its job or I'm stuck on a particular project. I go through all of those emotional aspects. But at the end of the day, it causes me to stay focused. For some reason, there was something the Lord didn't want me to pay attention to. There was something, amen, that would come up in my life that God did not want me to see that would detour me from his sense of purpose in my life. For whatever reason, this is my lot. This is the path that God selected for me. Maybe you would not be able to deal with this. Maybe another person wouldn't be able to deal with it. But for some reason, kind of like Paul, God has graced me, God, his grace, which is sufficient, amen, that when I'm weak, he's strong. Mm. And I believe that through this experience, it's allowing the power of God, as Paul, to rest mightily upon me. And so, yes, it's tough. Um, Sometimes I fight with it within myself. 
Amen. But for some reason, it's keeping me saved. And, and hey, well, if this is what it takes to keep me saved and to make it into the kingdom of the Lord, amen, so be it. Does it break your heart when you see people, when you engage with people, when you minister to people that are fully sighted in the flesh, and yet you can tell from that dialogue that they are spiritually blinded? Is it an even greater handicap? Oh, my God. Let me tell you, I have a book coming out really soon entitled, But Now I See. And it talks about my walk of faith at once seeing and now not seeing anything at all. And how the transition of going from seeing to not seeing. Um, I walk people in this book through the transition of sight to blindness. And in that transition, I'm able to say I see more now than I've ever seen. Mm. Um, And it's amazing how in the spirit that when the Lord, uh, my God, help me, Holy Ghost, when the Lord takes you through something like that, glory to God, he never takes something away without without giving you something greater. And so um, the Lord has just awakened me up in the Holy Ghost to solely see through him. And I see more now than I've ever seen before. And um, I, I don't, I don't, for some reason at this point in the game, I don't think twice about it. It is what it is. And although I can't see, I do see, and I see more now than ever. I'm reminded of that passage of scripture. Though now we see through the glass darkly. Mm. When we see him, meaning when we are called to heaven, yes. we shall be like him and we shall see him as he fully is. So yes, there's Lord. there's a sense of which, and I and I think that this is an amazing illustration. There's a sense of which all of us struggle with varying degrees of blindness. Now it, we might fully have our sight, but spiritual blindness that has eternal consequences to it, doesn't it? Mm, 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 mm. Let me tell you, being spiritually blind my God, can lead you to down the pathway of a horrible death. And it don't mean you have to die immediately. Uh, but being spiritually blind to the things of God, glory to God. There is a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof is death. Glory to God. But um, you talking about um, being able to have the peace of God and the love of God and the joy of God, as a blind man is nothing that I did. It's, it's all what the Lord has done. And I just encourage those of you who don't know him, those of you that are struggling with your faith, let me tell you, when you learn to live in the Lord and to live in God's will and walk in faith towards the Lord, you haven't seen your best days yet until you start living for the Lord. Glory to God. And whatever it is that you've gone through, sickness or affliction, uh, whether you've gone through uh, abuses, whether you've gone through habitual experiences or habits or hangups, strongholds, let me tell you, when you give your life to the Lord, you will find the sense of purpose and whatever it is you've gone through. I tell my Sunday, my search every Sunday morning, there's nothing you're in God can't get you out of. Whatever it is you're dealing with, God has purposed it to be so. Glory to God. Learn the purpose. Learn God's will in that thing. Learn your call. Begin to live your life to the fullest. And let me tell you, when you begin to say yes to the Lord, you'll never regret it a day in your life. And this really is, in a very real sense, training camp for all of us, that Mm. the afflictions that vary from person to person, um, as we go through and learn how to manage our way through life, it is the lessons that God wants to teach us along the way as we are in training, so to speak, uh, Mm. for heaven. Yeah, yeah. You know, the scripture, I'm reminded of hearing uh, this phrase, I will know him as he is known. Glory to God. I will know him as he is known. And, 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 and as the Lord reveals himself through our various afflictions, you know, the things you go through that you think are painful or horrible experiences, God is in that thing. 
And when we learn to see God in whatever our afflictions may be, you will begin to know not only more about him, but more about yourself. I will know him as he is known to me. As God makes himself known to me, we're able to know him even more and even more. So whatever your affliction is, look for the Lord in it. Whatever it is, God is there with you. You are not by yourself. Some afflictions, my brother, we placed on ourselves. Everything, amen, has not always been the Lord leading us in there, but the Lord didn't stop it from happening. Glory to God. Some things, amen, we brought on ourselves. But even in that, the Lord can use it for his glory. No matter whose fault, don't try to find the blame or to point the finger. If I would have had my daddy, if my daddy would have stayed with my mama and, and, and uh, I was in a foster home or I was adopted or, or we didn't have, we were uh, living on Section 8 or we lived in the ghetto. Don't worry about none of that. Find the Lord in it. Whatever has transpired in your life, find God's will in that thing and open up your heart and let the Lord use it for his glory. There's a passage where the disciples with Jesus come across the blind man. We're all familiar with this. Yes. And the question is posed, who here has sinned, Master, this mm. man or his parents? Yes. And the response that came back is something that caused, should cause all of us to pause and really think. Mm. He says, neither, meaning neither the man nor his parents have sinned, but mm. rather that the glory of God might be manifest in him. Mm. My, that my, in my, my, my weakness, he is strong. In our shortcomings, God yes. can not only compensate for that, but yeah. make up for it. And I would suspect, as you're here visiting with us today, Pastor Macklin, that the, the real heart cry is not for the individual who might say, oh, this poor pastor who has to be brought from place to place with a seeing eye dog or needs assistance from others, whatever it might be, this poor man. But think of the greater shame of not someone who is blind and has no choice about it, but rather somebody who's spiritually blind and is there so willingly, willfully, who has turned a blind eye to the call that God has placed on your life or who it is that God wants you to be as a man, a woman, a husband, a father, a mother, a sister. And that, friends, is where our pity should go to those who are intentionally and willfully blind. Pastor, what an amazing message, what an amazing story that you've shared with us today. And your lone life story, you know, the word says at the end of the day, they're overcomers by two things, by his word and the power of testimony. And um, Pastor Macklin, you certainly have a very powerful testimony, and we are so appreciative of you kind of uh, allowing us into your life and sharing a bit of your own story. Let's pivot for a moment, if we can, and talk a bit about the life of New Sweet Home Church of God in Christ in East Palo Alto. Uh, you're there at 2170 Capitol Avenue. There may be folks that are new to the San Francisco Bay Area looking for a church home. Tell us a bit about the ministry. Um, our ministry is 82 years old. We started on um, a street there called El Camino and Page Mill Road. That was our address years ago. We were right um, across the street from Hewlett Packard's beginning in a warehouse where Mr. Hewlett and Mr. Packard knew my parents. And their facility was right in front of our church. My father and mother would, and the church congregation raised funds to build the ministry and sold dinners for many days there to Mr. Hewlett and Mr. Packard's staff. And I believe Hewlett Packard is who they are because of the meals we sold them and they ate. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. We never got a lot of stock back from it, but let me tell you, they sure ate that chicken and ate that potato salad. <laughs> Glory to God. But we were moved from Page Mill due to eminent domain and that time that the industry was taking over Page Mill Road. The heart of Silicon Valley is Page Mill Road. And they moved us and we relocated 
to East Palo Alto back in 1968. It was just orchards and a, a com- growing community there. And um, uh, from 1968 up until now, we're still there. Amen. And uh, the Lord has blessed our ministry. My father served 42 years. I've been serving around 17 years since his passing. And the Lord has graced us to make it safe thus far. Um, the, the thriving years uh, of my father's ministry was about the last 20 or so years where um, the Lord allowed him to serve in the capacity of rehabilitation work where he dealt with men and women in transition. This was during the heyday of cocaine, heroin, and crack. And there were people on the streets. People were found dead in East Palo Alto daily. They were known as the homicide capital of the country. And um, it was through that time that a program called New Day lost their funding. And the clients were thrown on the street, had nowhere to go. This was in the early 80s. And um, they came knocking on the door of our church and told my father, Reverend Macklin, we're in this program. We're trying to do better, but we don't have a place to go. And my father opened up the doors of our church and set up um, our first program on the second floor of our church. And he began to put cots all over the place and sleeping bags and told those gentlemen, stay here and I'm going to find out what we're going to do next. And we had men all on the second floor of our church um, had no place to go. And my father housed those guys. And at that time, he went, began to buy homes, began to rent homes. We had up to eight at one time, one 12-bedroom home, one seven-bedroom home, and others he purchased all around our church. He just got the congregation to help donate. Let's help these guys. And from that, it went from a men's program to a, a, a women's program included, along with women and children and one family home where he took families and persons off the street. We did not get grant monies. We didn't get federal aid all through contributions of our congregation. And we housed those people to help transition them off of drugs and alcohol and whatever your situation may be. Glory to God. And we begin to transition people's lives into the life of a believer for Jesus Christ. And um, from that, our ministry just grew by leaps and bounds. And many of those persons, the Lord saved and delivered and changed their walk of life. Glory to God. And um, from that, after my father's passing, uh, I had to downsize and try to recreate exactly how we would transition um, into this season for rehabilitation work. So now we're doing collaborative projects with other partners um, like Free at Last and Ecumenical Hunger Program and others. Um, but the Lord has graced us. Our, our mission for our church is that we're a church that loves God, loves others, and wants the world to know that life is better with Jesus. We are committed to providing a place where the lost are saved, believers grow, the community is embraced, and Jesus is lifted up. I'm doing my very best to let the world know that life is definitely better with Jesus Christ. A beacon of hope grounded in God's Word. That very much describes the life and ministry of New Sweet Home Church of God in Christ. Again, they meet at 2170 Capitol Avenue. That's in East Palo Alto. And you can get more information on the web about the church, service times, and variety of ministries available to folks on the peninsula by simply going to NSH, think New Sweet Home, nshchurch.org. That's nshchurch.org. Pastor Albert Macklin, thank you so much for sharing your story, your passion for Christ. Um, The romance that you have with Jesus is very evident um, in your heart and spirit, and it's been a real delight and privilege to get a chance to visit with you, and I hope we get an opportunity to do so again real soon. Thank you. Join us. We're looking forward to a 1045 on Sunday mornings and 7 p.m. on Tuesday nights. We're looking forward to you to join us. For God to bless your life This moon is designed For God to bless your life Yeah, yes it is This moment is designed
the portals are open, 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 open. My spirit is open. I can do anything. Somebody tell them the heavens are open, the heavens are open, they're open. Matter of fact, I can see a window over your head right now. I see a window, I see a window over your head. The portals are open. God can do anything. Anything can happen in here. In here. In here. Y'all believe that? Just, just get somebody by the hand, tell them anything, anything, anything. Anything can happen in here, in here, in here. Anything can happen, anything can happen, anything can happen, anything can happen, anything can happen in here. Touch somebody, tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready. Anybody got a I am ready praise? Anybody got a I am ready? Somebody shout ready! All right, look out now, y'all. You're going to start something here. My mama used to say, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. All right, those that believe your miracle is here, I dare you to give God a 60 seconds of praise right there.
Well, maybe you don't need God to do nothing for you. Well, just scoot over some and let me get mine. Let me get mine. Let me get mine. If that's you, go ahead and get yours right now. Come on, go for it. Go for it. Get it. Get it. Clap your hand and give God praise in this place. for this time that you've given this blind man a space and a favor to share from the oracles of scripture and we speak now that you would be manifest in this place miracles, deliverance and breakthroughs that you would touch the lives of each person here Look upon bishop and mother, their family, and this ministry. Do the miraculous. Work a wonder here today. And we'll be careful to give you praise. In Jesus' name, someone shout it. Amen. Give God praise. Come on and celebrate Bishop Blake this morning, my dad. Let's celebrate him. Amen. Mother Blake, in her absence, let's celebrate Lady May and to all of the staff. Glad to be with dad today. The Lord set me up. Didn't even know what I was coming for, but the Lord knows how. And we've decreed this day at this church, West Angeles, to be a day of miracles. It's a, a miracle revival all day long. Is that all right? Just tell somebody, this is my miracle day, my miracle day. And we'll be back here tonight. Anybody coming for some church tonight? Would you be with a little blind man tonight? As we come to share, we have a new release that came out this week. It's available. You can find it in the bookstore. There's cards there. You can go to iTunes and purchase it under Pastor Albert Macklin. One of the new releases is called Never Would Have Made It. You want to hear that, if I can say so myself. And one of the most favorite songs that I just released this week is a song called Increase. And you need to get that in your spirit. It's available on iTunes. You can go on your phone, or if you have an Android, go to Google Play. You can go to Spotify and purchase those. But I want to speak to you today because I believe somebody needs an increase in their life. Somebody said, I need increase. I need increase. Increase is coming. It's coming your way. Maybe tomorrow it may be today this is what the Lord is saying God wants to bless you but he's waiting for you to say this is the moment this is your day 
Can I tell somebody else, maybe you didn't hear me, but you've been struggling, you've been fighting, you've been wrestling and tossing, giving up. But let me tell you, lift up your head because I got news to tell you. Increase is coming. It's coming your way. It may be tomorrow. It may be today. to bless you but he's waiting for you to say touch somebody and tell them this is the moment I'm going to put it in the atmosphere and decree it this is the moment come on tell somebody in this house this is the moment this is Give God praise in this place. Put it in the atmosphere and just say increase, 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 increase. Bishop Blake, we pray for you this week that God would be your strength. The 17th chapter of 1 Kings. It's a wonderful story of God working a miracle. It's a story of Elijah that goes by the brook at the order of the Lord in the time of famine. And the Lord speaks to a little raven to bring him meat and bread. And he drank from the brook, but one day the brook dried up. And the Lord told him to leave where you are and get to another place where I have prepared a widow woman to sustain you. This little widow woman meets him on the road as she has two sticks getting ready to prepare the last supper. Elijah tells her, woman, what are you doing? She said, I'm about to make the last meal for me and my son. He said, fetch me some water. She goes to get the water and on her way, he says, hold on, just one moment. Make me some bread. She said, I don't have nothing to give you, sir. All I have back home is a little meal and a little oil. And I'm on my way back to my house to dress it. What do you mean you're going to dress it? I'm going to make some cornbread dressing. And all I got is enough dressing for me and my son to eat and then we going to die. He said, give me something to eat first. And when she went to the kitchen to cook, the scripture says every time she dug off in the barrel, meal kept showing up. Every time she went to pour out some oil, oil kept running out. And the Bible declared that the prophet, this woman and her son did eat and they ate for many days. I want to tell you this morning a sermon entitled, It's Not Too Late for God to Give You a Miracle. Just tell somebody, it's not too late for God to give you a miracle. Come on, put it in the atmosphere to somebody, it's not too late, it's not too late, it's not Come on now, speak it. Come on, speak it. It's not too late. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's at home. I don't know what's in your family. I don't know what's in your bank account. But the Lord came to tell me today to tell this church it's not too late. God is still working things on your behalf. God is in the throne room and he's creating a blessing with your name on it. Tell somebody it's not too late. It's not too late. In this short time, I need to let you know this morning that what you are going through has been orchestrated by God. What did I just say? 
talk to me in here. It's been orchestrated. In other words, God has set some things up. God has, uh, 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 like we play chess, he's set up the board and he's placed things in motion and he's, he's got things in position. And uh, uh, my God, and God has a way uh, of not being surprised by what you're facing because he knew it before you got there. And he set some things up. Although it may surprise you, it doesn't surprise the Lord. The Lord's just using you as an instrument to tell somebody that God's still working miracles. And, and so he orchestrated some things to use you and your faith on earth to announce to the world that God is still able to do just what he said he would do. He's able to fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God because God won't give up on you. He's Y'all ain't gonna talk to me in here. He's touched somebody and tell him he's still able. He, he's able. He, he's orchestrating something. He orchestrated some things in my life when I ended up in the hospital in 93 for surgery where the doctor made a mistake. He was orchestrating when the doctor sent me home to hemorrhage for nine days and I bled and got back to the hospital and it was too late because the doctor made a mistake and sent me home to bleed. Sliced me three times a day with a razor blade to let the blood flow out. But God was orchestrating some things. And then after losing that eye, I ended up losing a second eye to a bacterial infection. Had to have it removed. But God was saying, if I take your sight, you'll never see me right. And so God said, I got to put you in darkness to open up new sight. That you can see what I'm getting ready to do in your life. And there's many of you in here, you've got to learn to do like me and start walking by faith. And not by sight. The Bible declares to Thomas, Blessed is a man that seeth not, but yet still believes. You got to get to a place to where you start believing your miracle your own self. You got to get to a place where you declare, God, I know your hand is on my life. I know where I am is not a mistake. But God, you've orchestrated. And when God orchestrates you going in, he orchestrates you going through. He orchestrates you going through. And he orchestrates you coming out. He knows the end before the beginning. And so you got to tell yourself that although I'm without right now, God has a way of bringing me out right on time. It's like my mama used to sing. He may not come when you're on, but when he gets there, help me out, brother organist. He'll be right on time. Just tell somebody he may not come when you're on. Oh, I feel a revival in this house. Oh, get some money by the hand. I believe that's A flat, please. And tell somebody he may not come when you're on. Oh, y'all don't want no revival up in this house. Not only does God orchestrate, but when God orchestrates, you got to participate. What did I just say? We got a lot of couch potatoes in here. But we ain't got no participators. See, You've got to learn how to start participating in your own miracle. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me here today. This, this, this woman had to learn how to obey God and, and, and to participate in her own miracle. See, her participation was just to do what God said. And doing what God says means you don't have to figure it out before it happens. You, you don't have to see it before it happens. You, you just got to do it because he said do it. One of the lines mama used to tell me I used to hate to hear. I want you to go in there and do as old so-and-so. Why, mama? What was the favorite line? Because I said so. 
Y'all ain't going to help me in here today. We've got to have that much faith in God that although we don't know the outcome or the end result, God, just because you said it. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me here today. Uh, just tell somebody just because he said it, just because, just because. Just because uh, the reason why I got to move just because he said it, because when you look at the historicity of his story, when you look at the resume of God's history, he's never lost a case. And so when God says move, you got to learn to move in the flow of the anointing. Because when God says move, he's already lined up your deliverance. And so this woman moves to the kitchen. She begins to make some cornbread dressing. See, some of y'all need to understand there's a difference between dressing and stuffing. See, see y'all ain't going to help me here today. See, see, real cornbread dressing ain't made out of a box. But when I was a boy, I used to watch mama make cornbread dressing. And, and being blind, I can still make it blindfolded. And, uh, uh, I know what it's like to get not jiffy cornbread to make it from scratch. I know what it's like to get amen, a cup and a half of cornmeal. Get a cup of flour. Get a teaspoon of baking powder. To get a little bit of sugar. To get about a little bit of a cup of milk. Pour in some real butter, not margarine. Get a couple of eggs and whip it up. Put it in the oven and let it get real dry. Pull it out the oven and crumble it up. Get you a mother hen and stew it down with some celery and bell pepper. Chop it up with some garlic and yellow onion. Put it in the side of a skillet and saute it with some butter. Put that cornbread in and crumble it down. Add you about six eggs and some milk. Put in a little poultry season and sage. Get you some black pepper and laurel season and salt. Chop up your giblets and your liver. Chop up that mother hen and throw it in. Whip it up and put some sage on in it. Make sure it don't come out too green. Put it in the oven and bake it out. What do you have? Dress it. Oh, y'all ain't gonna help me here today. Tell somebody, participate, participate, participate. Lastly, this woman got in the kitchen after participating. And the scripture said every time she turned around, God was still making a way. I came by to let somebody know today that the miracles of God never run out. The blessings of God never run out. Every time you turn around, God will keep blessing you. I came by to let somebody know this morning that right about this time is not too late. I don't care what man says. I don't care what your lawyer says. I don't care what your friends say. The God that I serve is still able to work a miracle in your life. I came to Los Angeles this morning to tell somebody get ready. God is getting ready to turn it in your favor. The thing you've been waiting on, the thing you've been praying on, the thing you've been on your knees about. The Lord said, get ready to give me praise. I surely sing the affliction of my people and I've heard you cry and I'm coming down to bring you around. Oh, church, get ready for your miracle. 
Get a praise in your spirit. Get a song in your heart. You gotta learn, church, to raise your expectation. When you come to the house of the Lord, don't wait for Dr. Judy to tell you to praise the Lord. Don't wait for the choir to sing you happy. But every time you come in the room, enter in with thanksgiving. Enter in with praise. Get yourself ready for God to do what folks say he came to. Oh, church, God is up to something. And he's getting ready to walk in your house. Before you get back home, your house is going to be different. When you go to the bank this week, God is getting ready to give you an increase. I don't know what you're waiting on, but this is a good time to give God praise for what God is going to do. I need somebody to help me open up your mouth and give God praise. Everybody standing. Tell somebody it's not too late, it's not too late, it's not too late. God doesn't work on man's time. He has his own clock. And God says, I'm waiting for you to adjust your spirit. Your level of expectation because if I bless you with a miracle before your time, you're going to take the credit. And so God said, I'm waiting on you to get your attitude right. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me in here today. And the Lord told me to tell this church today it's time to get our attitude right. Tell somebody, adjust your attitude, adjust your attitude. How do I do that? By praising God. Praise has a way of dealing with your mind, dealing with your spirit. It has a way of even changing the words that come out your mouth. Tell somebody, adjust your praise, adjust your praise. Everybody need a miracle. I want you to step out in the nearest outway. Get in the nearest outway. Get in the nearest outway. Make some room. Make some room. I know it's a lot of people. It's all right. There's plenty of room. There's some on the altar, some in the outway. I want you to get your mind on what you need God to do. And I want you to know it's not too late for God to give you a miracle. Tell somebody miracles still happen, miracles still happen. What we have to do, and we're going to do this with no music in just a moment, because sometimes music mesmerizes us. But when you really got a real praise, you don't need no music. When you really are in tune with what God is doing, you don't need no praise team. You don't need no cheerleader to say, clap your hand. Come on, clap your hand. Come on, turn around. Touch, touch the turn around run three times. You know why we have to do that? Because y'all don't have no relationship. But when you know what you know, what you know. And church is over and the lights go out and you home and ain't got no music, you can get in your kitchen waiting on a miracle and say, ah, ah, ah. And so while you're in the alleyway, I need you to stir up. I'm ready, praise. Open your mouth and clap your hand and send up a shout like you're ready for a miracle in this place. Raise up a praise. The senior pastor of New Sweet Home Church of God in Christ Pastor Albert Macklin. And again, more information available to you on the web. Simply go to NSH, think New Sweet Home, nshchurch.org. This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to your church's website, to Church of the Week at SalemSF.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to the website and email to Church of the Week at SalemSF.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. 
Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.